Lord Jesus, open our, heart, our ears to hear, our minds to understand, and our hearts to believe your word. Amen. In his book, Walden, Henry David Thoreau wrote, The mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. What is called resignation is confirmed desperation. Unconscious despair is concealed even under what are called the games and amusements of mankind. Maybe this message of despair doesn't ring true for you students. You're young. Your lives stretch out before you with endless possibilities. A good job, a nice home, a spouse and children laughing around the table, a respectful position in the community. But what happens if your dreams don't come true? What if you don't get your dream job? You educate yourself for a certain job, only to find out that it isn't what you expected it would be. It isn't as easy, or as fun, or enriching, or leading to upward mobility. You discover the truth that every job has its downside. It's called sin. No matter what you do, you find the same sweat of your brow that Adam found, the same thorns and thistles. Will your life then become one of despair? <clears throat> despair is a feeling of hopelessness, as if life offers no opportunity for happiness or contentment or fulfillment. Men often search for fulfillment in their jobs, and then they hit a wall. There's no more opportunity for advancement or increased wages. They're stuck where they are, and so comes despair. Similar despair can take place in family life. When a marriage ends in divorce or a child goes astray, then the person cries out, this isn't how I thought it would be. We were so happy when we first got married. Our child was so fun when he was little. And then we go on to things that happen in the area of positions of authority and respect. And what if that doesn't work out? What if your dreams don't come true? Will you end up with a life of quiet desperation? A life in which, as Thoreau says, unconscious despair is concealed even under what are called games and amusements of mankind. In other words, if a man can't find satisfaction in his job or his family, he then goes and tries to bury himself in the fleeting and unfulfilling excitement of games and amusements. After all, what fulfillment is there if you win one game and lose the next? 
the loss robs the win of its satisfaction. But listen to the words of the Apostle Paul in his experiences. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Now, the Apostle Paul had the perfect job going out into the world with the best news ever. Jesus died for you. God is satisfied. Your sins are forgiven. The gates of heaven are thrown wide open before you. Furthermore, Paul wasn't saddled with the responsibility of being successful. That was the job of the Holy Spirit. Paul just proclaimed the gospel and the Holy Spirit did the rest. Yet Paul talks here about being hard-pressed and being perplexed. He was pressed hard. He was oppressed by a sinful world that hated his message. He was perplexed because he could not always understand why the Lord was doing the things that he was doing in his life. Hard-pressed, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Well, that's the way it should be with us. No matter what our dreams are, our main reason for being here in this world is to do the kind of thing that Paul was doing. Whether we're like a Moses or, or like Aaron who held up the arms of Moses, whether we are the preachers or the supporters, if we understand this, then the collapse of our dream world will not lead to despair. Because that's not what life is all about anyway. In fact, we will have a different dream world. Despair is hopelessness. No matter what oppression or perplexity happens in our life, we are not hopeless. This world and what it offers is not our dream. We look to the world to come. Paul spent his time and his energy helping other people to find what he found, to have that same hope. So when we feel pressed down by failures in this world, we look to the success of Jesus in his work of redemption. When we are perplexed by the confusing events that surround us in this world, we look to the world to come, the heavenly land. If you build your hopes and your dreams on this world, job, family, home, respect, you may well up, may well end up in uh, quiet desperation. But if you build your dreams on Christ, your hopes on heaven, then those hopes will be joyful and they will be real no matter what happens in this world.
If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Open your hymnals to number 58. We'll be singing uh, verses 5 and 7. And I would like you to try to remember this in verse 7. I'll wait till you get it. Because this is an Advent hymn, it speaking of the coming of Christ and therefore speaks in future tense. And in verse 7, it says, Your guilt the Lord will pardon and cover by his grace. And he comes for men procuring. So let's, let's put that in the past tense. Uh, your guilt the Lord has pardoned and covered by his grace. He came for men procuring and so forth. Verses 5 and 7. 